0: My name is Daniel.
1: And I'm Sarah.
0: And we are your hosts of The Disciples Mike, a podcast produced by Woodbury Lutheran Church in Woodbury, Minnesota. This show is all about learning what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And on this episode, we're looking at the topic for this last week of the sermon series here at WLC called Seven Easy Ways to Derail the Church. This week's way is by not telling people about Jesus. We will look at this through the lens of Acts chapter 2 and how the early church excelled in this area, why this is such a difficult thing for Christians to do, and how we can all get better at sharing our faith with those around us. So sit back, get ready. This is The Disciples' Mike. It's just us, Sarah.
1: It is just us.
0: You know, it feels a little bit lonely, doesn't
1: it? I... (laughs) <laughs> i'm not i'm not enough you you need someone else to wow
0: sarah that's the way you're gonna spend that <laughs> man it is just it, it is too difficult uh sarah i was gonna tell you you were complimenting well you weren't complimenting you were actually making fun of me not noticing my water bottle right in front of me yeah and i love this water bottle my uh-huh. uh, wife actually found it in a trash can at the swimming pool
1: yeah have That which, which she
0: works at. It's you know that's what that's what normal people do, look in trash cans for, for, water, bottles. for water bottles and grab them. Uh, yep. But it's one of those nice uh, um, hydro flasks. You didn't um, know what it
1: was. You had to look at I it. I forgot. I
0: forgot the name of it. Yes, sorry. True hydro flask people are probably like, wow, he's not a he's not a true fan.
1: Yep, that's it.
0: Uh, but the one thing I don't like about it is the mouth of it is so big that if you drink it while driving, yeah, it just splashes all over you.
1: There's video of me doing that at the 2019 gathering because I was trying to take a drink of water as a bus was driving down 94 (laughs) and a kid timed it just well, like well enough that right as they were going over the bump, the water splashed all over my face. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is, uh, and that's on video. Yeah. I have it saved. They sent it to me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Man, I feel, almost feel like we got to like link it in the description below or something. So the listeners. I mean, gonna, it's just,
1: it's really just a video uh, of me, which if they're not connected with Woodbury Lutheran, they have no idea what I look like. So and this is
0: why if you aren't connected to Woodbury Lutheran, you need to be because so, like. so, so that you know <laughs> what
1: Sarah Deverin looks like, so that you know
0: what Sarah Deverin looks like and you don't just listen to our beautiful voices. Yep.
1: Uh, now that mine's back to a normal register.
0: Yeah, that is a big update this yeah. week. We have our normal uh, host back. Normal uh, Sarah. I don't know who that other person was. Neither do I, her weird brother, I don't know. Her weird brother, your your brother's not too weird. Different brother. Different brother, Yeah. okay, okay.
1: I only have one brother. You do only have one
0: brother. Good to know, good to know. (laughs) Well, Sarah, uh, with just us two, that doesn't mean we are gonna skip the most important segment, which is Sarah's random question.
1: I'm glad you got it on the first time. I'm a pro at this now. Hey, okay. Uh, so over the weekend, I went on a little adventure in the Twin Cities. Yes. Uh, with my friend Gibbs, who is Luke Simank, who we had on last week, his fiance. Right. Um, and and a fun fact about me is that I really like like specific town events. Like, hmm. give me a good small town event, and I am here for it. Wow. Like uh, a musical fountain is my favorite part about Western Michigan. Uh, it's, a musical fountain. Yeah, it's called the Grand Haven Musical Fountain, and it has changed my life. Obviously, 10 years later, and I'm still talking about how life-changing yeah. this fountain what is. What is this
0: musical fountain?
1: It's it's a uh, so when I lived in Michigan, I lived right on the lake, right, and and it's a typical resort town, and so there's a, a channel where all the people's boats go through to get to Lake Michigan, and on the other side of the channel, there's like a, a hillside, and they built a fountain into the hillside, that's probably wow. like. I don't know. It's probably like big. It's it's big. It takes up a lot of space.
0: As big things do. As big
1: things do. Yes. And so it's it's choreographed to music, and there's water, and there's lights, and there's um, I don't know what the MC's name is now, but it was uh, Dan, the musical fountain man. Oh my god! When I lived in Michigan. Um, I wish
0: that was my trademark. Dan the Musical (laughs) Fountain Man. You can be Dan the Podcast Man. Can you imagine me introducing myself as that just on like Sundays? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, welcome to Woodbury Lutheran. Uh, My name's Dan the Musical Fountain Man.
1: (laughs) I think that's it. I think that's the next... uh, Just no
0: context either. No,
1: no, you have to listen to the podcast to, (laughs) to know. And so it's like, it's a half an hour show every night in the summer. And when I lived in Michigan, I would go a lot like my last week I lived there I made a different friend come with me every night because I was so like I just love the musical phone so I love small town events yeah um and so I I got an Instagram ad on uh Minnesota's largest bounce house wow and it was an event that was in the city's memorial weekend and this past weekend Mm -hmm. and I was looking at the pictures and I'm like this might be stupid enough to be amazing Mm -hmm. and so I'm like Gibbs do you want to come with me to Minnesota's largest bounce house. Mm. And then it also had the world's largest bounce house in it. So it was a park that they filled with giant inflatable bounce houses that like some were obstacle courses some were like ball pits that you were like throwing balls at each other which seemed like a plot out of a VeggieTales movie that does um, yeah there was a spaceman there was like a giant slide and then there was the world's largest bounce house wow yeah so this is a lot of setup to get to my question
0: yeah <laughs> i'm ex- I, you've built up my excitement for this question <laughs> dramatically
1: yeah, probably a lot um if you could if you could have a means of transportation that's not walking (laughs) or driving what would your what would your primary your your primary way of getting around be Mm.
0: and i'm so I, i have a question to your question yeah does this have to be like something that i can realistically do or is this like i gain a like power that i can now travel like that
1: So what, you snap your fingers and wings shoot out of your back so you can fly places?
0: No, I was like think I don't know, I was thinking like doing the worm everywhere or something like that. I mean,
1: can you not physically do the worm
0: now? Well, I can't like laterally move while I'm doing the worm.
1: How wait, how do you move the if you don't move forward when you do the worm, like, you're naturally moving forward. Like, that's a thing. You use your arms to propel you either backwards or Well, every time or I do it at, like,
0: dance parties, you just, like, do it stationary in the, like, you know, middle of the crowd or something.
1: I'm impressed that you can do it stationary. I've never seen someone able to do it stationary. What,
0: they just start doing the worm and they just go out the door? Like, and <laughs> well, then then everyone's like, well, like, is he coming back? <laughs>
1: The party's over, I guess. <laughs> no, like they they can go forward or they use their arms to go back.
0: Oh, well, sorry I'm not a pro at, at doing the worm. I
1: mean, I can't do the worm, so okay. I, I guess. But apparently
0: you're good at judging people who do the worm. <laughs> I'm
1: very good at judging people.
0: <laughs> uh, so that was my first thought was uh, I wish I could just, you know, do the worm to trans- travel everywhere. That'd be um, painful. Yeah, that would actually hurt really bad. I yeah. don't know why I said that. Yep. Um, Here, I'm going to think a little bit more on it. Sarah, do you have any uh, thoughts on this? Um, I, I think I would bounce places. Like on your rear or what? Just jump. Oh. <laughs> on your- I mean, why on your butt? I, I don't know. Just like, like if you could just like bounce everywhere, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that would also be painful. Well, yeah, I'm thinking in this hypothetical, you know, you've built up some resistance. I'm sure after some time you would, you know.
1: <laughs> built up some butt resistance? I don't know. <laughs> Uh no, I would bounce. I would I would jump on my feet like a normal person.
0: See, Sarah this is what happens when it's just <laughs> us two. It's just that people are getting the full just off the rails, unfiltered. Um yeah, okay. So Sarah would uh bounce as in just like like just kind of jump everywhere. Yeah, like a bunny. Oh, okay. So you kinda crouch down a little bit and like <laughs> are your hands up kind of like a that's you know? the
1: only way I can propel myself forward <laughs> if I have my hands up like a bunny. That's fair. That's yeah. fair
0: yeah um or you know you could do somersaults to travel everywhere
1: so i think i got whiplash over the weekend because i was trying to get into a bounce house <laughs> and i tried Dude. somersaulting in but it backfired and i like back somersaulted oh and then when like i went all the way back and i felt things crack in my neck and now it hurts like right here oh my gosh it was oh, intense. I have Sarah. video of that. I'll show video. Wow, of
0: that. <laughs> a lot of a lot of good videos. We're teasing people for people. Have you ever uh, gotten inside of a tire and uh, rolled down a hill or?
1: Um, before? no, but I've put kids in them.
0: Wow, Sarah, and they're still you're still employed. I it was when I was 20. Oh, okay, gotcha. it was 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah, So
1: they were fine. They consented. Okay,
0: they, they as long as they. Can... <laughs> yes, that's the key to youth ministry. as, long as, like... the, as long as the child consents.
1: They were seven. It was in Southwest Colorado. It's fine.
0: Oh, cool. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, so wait. So you were in somersault? Uh, the, yeah. Or skip. I do really enjoy skipping. Um, I just don't do it I very do, often because people, well, but usually I like to have, you know, music playing when I'm skipping. Sure. Kind of, you know, to the beat. Yeah. Why not? You ever do that? Nope. No,
1: not outside of teaching dance.
0: You taught dance?
1: For like 11 to
0: 12 years. Sarah, oh yeah. my gosh. We don't even know each other. We don't. Tell me more. I what taught... Was, what was dance... Uh, what were, what kind of dance were you teaching?
1: Tap and ballet.
0: Nice. Yes. Wow, so you're like a pro. I wouldn't say I'm a pro. I mean, 11 years.
1: I mean, I, I taught for Spirited Feet, which is a, a dance program that's run out of our Rally Creek campus. Yeah. And so I, I taught from when I was like 17 until... I was interviewing at churches when I was like 25. How about that? Yeah, I can still tap dance. I think I can still do ballet too. I don't think that's really changed. Okay. I just like tap better because I'm a drummer so I can make noises with right. my feet.
0: I love, so dan- do you do you enjoy like dancing at weddings and stuff like no. that? No. I hate it,
1: like legit. Hot I, take. I, don't, I don't like it. Wow,
0: uh, Sarah, I don't know how we co-host <laughs> this together. That's like <laughs> literally my favorite thing in the world. Is wedding dancing.
1: No, I can't. It's too unpredictable. Is it because
0: you just start like tap dancing and everyone's like, "Uh, no, it's too unpredictable?
1: I don't, I don't like the,
0: I don't need a little more structure. I
1: need more structure. And then I just watch people. Oh, so you
0: probably like when everyone does like the YMCA because it's a little more structured, you know, everyone's together. I guess. I don't know. Macarena. I'm not a,
1: yes, Macarena. (laughs) That's, that's my go to. That's your go to. I don't jump on the dance floor until the Macarena comes on.
0: Oh, man. So many good sound bites already. So many good sound bites. I know. Gosh, people are just <laughs> lured in, and they love it. Um, yeah. So today it is uh, just us two. This is the most. Uh, how do we put it? Unprepared we've ever been. Uh, I don't know if we. Uh, yeah. More just you know flying by the seat of our pants. Uh, but we thought it'd be fun to. We've been in a really cool sermon series uh, uh, here at Woodbury Lutheran Church called Seven Easy Ways to derail the church, uh, which we talked about the first way with Pastor Tom yep. uh, a few weeks back on the podcast, um, and that was talking about uh, not—one uh, of the ways we can derail the church is only focusing on the past and how we live in this tension between our traditions and the way we've done things in the past, and also uh, looking at new ways that we're called to uh, change in, in ways that God is working in the here and now, but today— uh, we're going to kind of be reflecting a little bit on the message that we had just, uh, it was, yeah, just this last week, uh, which is don't tell people about Jesus. And I guess by the time this is recorded, uh, that'll be... Published? Because uh, it's being recorded now. Well, r- <laughs> by the time it's recorded, <laughs> as in right now, uh, by the time people hear this, this will be uh, a week and a day out yeah. from... Uh, from that but yep, uh, but it was a reading. Um, it was actually be good because Sarah did not hear any of the messages, she just uh,
1: I listen This is
0: confession, and our other po- second most popular segment, <laughs> Confession Hour by Sarah,
1: <laughs> but only Sarah. I need a different, I need a different
0: sound. Bite <laughs> just pick a that. sound bite, just
1: any of the squares. And this is <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Confession Hour by Sarah. <laughs> That was so good. We're really
1: good at picking. We are, the...
0: I'm better when I just pick <laughs> random sound bites.
1: Uh, yeah, I was. I taught Summer Spark, which is what we have for our three, four, and five, and six-year-olds at Oak Hill. So I did that during the nine o'clock service, and then at 1030, I had to run from Oak Hill to Valley Creek for a baptism, but then there was construction, and so I missed the baptism because two of my friends, their kid got baptized, mm-hmm. and then, um, then I got distracted by something, and then church was over.
0: I forgive you, Sarah.
1: Thank you, Vicar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that sounds legit. Uh, yep. But I think it'll be interesting because you know we can may- I can maybe reflect on from what I from what I heard from the message, and we we'll, uh, uh, and we can talk about a little bit more just some of the struggles that come uh, from this what easy way that we can derail the church, which is not telling people about Jesus, which I think is kind of the funniest one of all of them because it's just like the most like uh, you know. Yeah. Uh and, and yet if you talk to anyone, not anyone, because I'm sure there's some people that don't feel this way, but most people telling people uh, like evangel, you know, evangelism, sharing your faith is the hardest part of, of being of kind of this life of being a follower of Jesus. If, yeah. when you ask most people, what's the most difficult part? It's it's sharing my faith with uh, people outside of us, but we'll get into that more. So, the reading that was we we're, were focusing on this last week was from Acts chapter 2 because it was uh preached on Pentecost. Uh, so it was our uh typical reading that we hear uh, on Pentecost. Uh, the disciples with the you know Holy Spirit coming down, and now they're suddenly speaking in other languages. Um, but then Peter comes and he uh, ends up preaching to the entire crowd. and. Uh, gives this great message and I love how it ends here where it says, then those uh then they were, you know, convicted of of their sins. You know, he says repent, they're convicted, they call upon the Lord, and then it says in verse forty one, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and out of the church that day. About three thousand in all. And in that moment I felt inferior as a church worker.
1: <laughs> well I feel like we can't always
0: place ourselves
1: next to these these men that started the church <laughs> that's very true
0: yes and uh yeah it's it's just it's a crazy uh event to think about um it's crazy because first I just think it's wild how he just says each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and yeah he basically you know says that and save yourselves from this crooked generation and they just believe it and repent. And, uh, I don't know about you, but in my mind, when I think about, um, evangelism tactics and, uh, how I go about sharing my faith with people, um, this isn't usually the route that I go, which is just repent and turn to Jesus for the forgiveness. You know, it's like, so just straightforward and blunt and, (laughs) he doesn't, you know, mince words or anything uh, like that, which uh, I I think is pretty interesting. Uh, But I'm curious. So, you know, the challenge in this is, um, this is the hardest thing for uh, so many of us in our walk. And I'm curious just from your experience, why do you think that is? Why is it, you know, in our culture sharing our faith, talking about Jesus. You know, you, th- you think, I, I love uh, uh, Lindsay Schmidt, who we uh, had on the podcast uh, early on, and but she was today talking in our staff meeting about how, you know, she had like these shiny pair of shoes and she just wanted to tell everyone about these awesome, shiny pair of shoes and just show them off. And it's mm-hmm. like, how much greater is the news that we have in Jesus, and yet it is so hard to talk about it? and to share it. And so often we just want to keep it kind of to ourselves or or in our just little church bubble. Why do you think that's so difficult for us, Sarah?
1: I think it's often an intimidating conversation for most people. Like we have people who know, they know who Jesus is in their life. They know that they are saved by grace. They know all of these things but when it comes to talking to someone, you can't control how the other person is going to react to what you're saying. And so I think there's a piece of it that's intimidating because you're like, I could tell you this thing, but you're going to be like, Psh, hard pass. Or you're going right. to be like, well, this can't really be real. Like, are you really saved? And so I think there's a little bit of an intimidation where, you, where we think we have to say all of the right things in order for people to like... um, not not buy- in but to to understand what we're saying mm-hmm. and so there's the intimidation piece so you don't know what you're saying uh, and then I also think like I saw this in youth ministry when we were just starting midweek programming at Oak Hill like we want people to invite friends right right like that's that's the best way to get people to come to church study show that people are more likely to show up if they have a personal invitation from someone they love. Uh, but when it when it comes to inviting students, like getting students to invite people to youth group, there were a couple of times where I would have kids be like, "I don't, I don't want to invite someone to youth group," and I'm like, "Why don't you want to invite people to youth group?" Because I I really like what we have going on, mm. and I like I want it to just be for me. Interesting. And so I wonder if there's a piece of that too, where it's like this great thing. But I kind of just want it to be for, for me. And like we can look yeah. at scripture and see that that's obviously not how all of this is going to go. I mean, look at the Great Commission of go and make disciples of all nations um, and, and all these other passages that talk about how we need to get out in into our communities and things like that. Um, but I wonder if it's such a safe, like a safe place for people that they sometimes don't want to let others into that. mm. I might be making that up completely. I don't no, know. No,
0: I, I think that's totally legit. I mean, that really ties in with a lot of kind of these things that we're talking about with derailing the church of we as human beings, we just don't like change. Yeah. And and disc- the discomfort that change brings. And anytime you are inviting someone who's not used to, you know, church, you don't know what their opinion of it all is going to be like. Uh, you know, you're, you're kind of taking a risk and you don't know what, you know, and you don't know the dynamics of what that might bring in and whatnot. Um, yeah, no, I think that's totally, totally legit there. Um, it's like when you watch, like when you're
1: really excited about like a show mm -hmm. or a, a a band or something and you want someone in your life to listen to those things and then they do and they're like, it's only Okay you're like but this is this thing is amazing and you're not gonna yeah. think it's amazing it's only <sighs> okay
0: yeah you know what that's interesting i so whenever i'm driving someone around in my car i always am really self-conscious of playing my own music taylor swift that is one of the artists <laughs> that i have britney spears uh, uh oh no i do have a britney spears song <laughs> uh yeah i don't, can't remember which one it is um and i probably shouldn't say um <laughs> but uh but not not because like it's like necessarily inappropriate or anything but there's like for me this fear of what are they going to think of me that i listen to that or you know yeah or or yeah even you know taylor swift that's not your, um i most uh 25 year old males I don't think that's our target demographic, um,
1: but there is. It's like a. It's like a. You know the My Little Ponies. How there's all those bronies.
0: <laughs> have you heard of this? I have heard of that, but <laughs> you, hey, that's the comparison that's you're the making. That's the comparison I'm
1: making right now. It's a bronie wow. situation.
0: <laughs> that's what this is. Okay. Yeah. Wow. But uh, I get what
1: you're saying about me Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel so much better about myself now. Thanks, yeah. Sarah. I'm. I'm always here to encourage. <laughs> yes, that's your. It's your spiritual gift. Yep, it
1: is. Um.
0: You know, one of the things that I uh, really enjoyed uh, listening to Pastor Tom and talking about uh, this passage uh, was he was talking about when sharing, you know, this difficulty to share our faith, a lot of times it doesn't stem out of, oh, I don't know how to do it or Um, what's, there is an aspect of that and, and, you know, how can we help people kind of, Hey, what are, what are things, what are, what are ways that you can share faith? We might even talk a little bit about that later. Um, but a lot of times, and this is what he was saying, it can stem out of our own, like kind of, uh, false perception of just how good, and amazing the gospel is for us. Like, you know, we were talking about earlier with Lindsay's shoes. Like when you absolutely love something and it is just the passion of your life, you like can't even help but talk about it. Yeah. It's just and 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 it's not in like a f- okay, how am I gonna interject this in my conversation? But mm-hmm. it's just like flows out of you because it's part of who you are. And so it was this uh a little bit of a convicting thing, I guess, uh, but in a good way, of the more we comprehend and uh, understand the beauty of the gospel for us and the gift that it is for us, uh, then the natural outflow, should it should be easier to just uh, talk about it. And one of the um, uh, cool things, I'm in a, a small group right now, and uh, uh, Evan Parkhurst is in that small group. Awesome awesome guy. Um, but he was, we we're, we we're talking about the, this exact thing of just the difficulty of sharing faith. And, uh, and he was, uh, interjecting of how, like for him, a lot of times it's just, uh, you know, someone says something and it's kind of just this curiosity and like asking, Oh, you know, we were, we were talking about something kind of like that, uh, in church or something like, so it's, it's not this like, a uh, forced thing, or or I was, yeah, I was reading you know what you were just saying right there. yeah, I, I was reading the scripture, and it was kind of talking about this. and so it's very much less of this like, so here's what you need to believe, and this, and I, I feel like a lot of times we kind of take this mindset of, I need to convince you mm-hmm. And until you are fully convinced and have conformed completely to everything I believe, I'm a, I'm failing. Yeah. And that's how we like it sounds silly, right, when we put it that way, and yet that's so often how I operate. Yeah. And that's why it's so scary because that's like almost impossible to do. 100%. Um so I wonder, you know, how do we shift from this conformity to turning evangelism into uh not this you need to know every single thing, um, but instead turning it into uh, how can I kind of bring you into this uh, relation, this walk that I'm in right now? You know?
1: I think it, like, I think of one of the things I love about working with people is being able to see the things in them that they're good at that they might not see. And and voicing that to them, and then like giving them opportunities to step into whatever that that thing is, and and so it at WLC uh, amongst the staff we used to call them I C and U conversations. Mm. We might still, I don't know, I haven't heard the phrase in a while, but I think we still are doing, we're still doing that. Like we're still telling people, hey, join me in this. But yeah. I don't know if we use that phrase right. anyway. Um, and so it's it's I think it's getting to a point with all of us in, in our faith where we get to say, I have this exciting thing in my life and I want to bring you in with me so we can experience this together. Mm. And, and that could be, um, just doing life with each other. And you and I have both talked about how we have friends that, um, aren't necessarily followers of Jesus and, um, when we're spending time with those people, like I would a- assume, even though we just established that apparently you don't know me very well because you didn't know I taught dance or love a giant musical fountain I'm, in Western I'm ashamed. Michigan. I'm ashamed. That's fine. We still have time to get to know each other. Yep. Um, That's just going to be the next episode, us rapid fire questions at <laughs> each other. Yes. <laughs> so we can get to know each other. There you go. Um, but But when we go into conversations with those friends, it's not like, okay, I need to make sure that I say... I reference three Bible verses to them. Right. I need to to say this many prayers with them. Like we don't we don't go into our conversations with those friends with an agenda, but instead we just allow our lives and how we conduct ourselves and and how we um, walk alongside people and things like that to reflect that we're living for something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, and and be praying along the way, right? That that God places um that God speaks through us, that that we are put in situations where we can talk to those friends about Jesus in a very non-threatening, non-intimidating way. Uh, but I think it's it's all about making sure that that the people in our world see this exciting thing that we we have going on and not and not Shove our faith down their throats, but just invite them along in the process, yeah, with us because we know that the Holy spirit will 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 take over from there mm-hmm. and'll do a way better job than we as mere humans right can do,
0: yeah, yeah, and it you know it's it's always tough' cause i I think the definitely like our lives should reflect uh Jesus and whatnot, but sometimes I can almost fall into just stop like, okay, you know, my, my life will, it, it'll just, it'll just be all my life, but I don't actually need to say anything or, or whatnot. Uh, and, uh, the other reading we had this past week was from, uh, Romans 10 and, you know, Paul here is kind of giving this a uh, really straightforward progression, uh, of how someone, uh, basically comes to know Jesus and is saved. And he says here, uh, starting in uh, Romans 10 verse nine, he says, uh, uh, actually, so I'm going to actually jump ahead to, uh, uh, what in that section, he says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's like, okay, well, how does that happen? Starting in verse 14, he says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Uh, and so, uh, specifically that phrase and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? and I think I love what I love about what you said is what a lot of times God does is when your life reflects Jesus, it is going to spark curiosity and moments with those people around you who uh, currently you know aren't in a relationship with Jesus uh, that's gonna give you opportunities. Uh, to speak at least that's the you know experience uh that I've had well while while speaking as someone that is not great at this and trying to grow (laughs) at this you know um I'm not speaking from the evangelism authority uh pedestal (laughs) right now (laughs) at least I hope I'm not the evangelism authority Um, (laughs) that would not be a good seminar um so I'm you know still trying to grow a lot in this area as well um because I don't want to, right, you don't want to come across as the, the, you know, guy standing on the box on the street corner telling yeah. everyone they're going to hell, and it's like, and isn't it, isn't it ironic, you know, you said earlier that um, how do we make this not threatening? Isn't that just weird oh, yeah. that we have to even say that?
1: Yeah, and I've had conversations with friends who, um, who are like, okay, Sarah- you work at a church, is is X Y and Z? Like, is that effective at all? Mm. Because that's not like the the Jesus that I see you proclaiming doesn't seem to be the same Jesus that these people are shouting about on street corners. Yeah, and I think that that can be a hard thing for for non believers um, to reconcile is because there are so – there there are two – like, there's a lot of different views of Christianity and how some right. Christians operate and things like that. And so it's – like, I've had a lot of conversations of, like – I mean, he they could probably do it better and not just shouting, y'all are sinners yeah. and the end is near – um yeah which we know like uh we we know that we're all sinners and we right, know yeah. that the end is near. yeah like yeah. we know that this they're is not saying this false yeah things. they're not they're not they're not lying Yeah, but there's a better way um because what happens when um like i see this in students and kids all the time that when they are in trouble when they know they're in trouble after a certain point they just shut down mm-hmm. because they're like you're not saying anything about how you believe in me like I, and sometimes they, they move and they're like, I'm just going to get worse because what's the point in trying to prove that I'm any better than what I am. And so, um, no one likes to be told all of the things that they're doing wrong. Um, they especially don't want to be told, Hey, if you don't repent, y'all growing to hell. Like they also don't want to hear that. Um, at least I would hope that they wouldn't want to hear that. And so it's, yeah, it's hard to hear that from the street corner um when you've hopefully on the other side of that got people being like okay your love saved and changed by jesus that in spite of your sin and in spite of who we are as human beings that god still sees us and he still loves us and he still chooses us yeah um and so i i think there's also a piece of that too of maybe why we shy away from talking about jesus is because we don't want to be the Mm. one that's on the the other extreme yeah and we don't want to be lumped into that category right. when that's not the disciple of Jesus that we are.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It Because we, we all, I mean, every single one of us ha- sees how Christians are portrayed. And a lot of times, like, you know, it's justified. Some, you know, yeah. there's been... We have all these horrible examples that are putting a horrible name for Christianity yep. out there. And you can't... Ign- like. That's just a reality and it stinks. But, and and so what you have to recognize is with all these pe- relationships that we have, there are these preconceived notions that are going to be there about you. Yep. We can't avoid that. That's just a, a reality. Um, but what we need to do then is, is not just say, oh, well, I'm just going to ignore those. But instead, okay, well, how am I going to, uh, adjust my approach um, in my relationship with them mm-hmm. uh, to account for that. And so, you know, I think kind of what you were saying earlier, what I find is when you're, you know, it, it really comes down to your, your actions. Mm-hmm. It, at, at least, you know, like those opportunities to speak will come. But in the culture that we're in right now where it is so... uh being a christian's not like a super great label to have for especially um from an outside world because what are we seen as judgmental um hypocritical hypocritical uh you know you name it and so that's there so how can um someone knows you and it's like okay these are my thoughts of how a christian is but oh my gosh look at this person like they are loving me yeah in a way that nobody else in this world is. They are serving in a way that is just I've I've never seen anything like this. Or, you know, they are they are it's our our actions cause cause we can say all the right things, but those preconceived notions are just like a wall that those words are just hitting. And yeah. it, and, it and, and it's all just viewed through, oh you're just trying to get me to conform. Right? Mm-hmm but when your actions then it then it starts to kind of bring that wall down and there's and they start to see something different something different in you and then those opportunities to when you do speak the spirit has you know has has softened the the wall a little bit and and you're able to share Jesus in a way where uh it's you know they're they're like wow they're like why are you living in this way of radical love radical service Oh, you you follow this Jesus, and yeah. and then there's curiosity, and 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 it, so it really all flows out. I feel like out of relationship a lot in that.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. Did you take any outreach classes in undergrad or in seminary? I did not. Um, I remember sitting in a couple of outreach classes when I was in college, and like that was the main message of all of our outreach classes. Is it's not, it's not a Standing on the street corner, it's not a doing this, but it's a being in relationship with people. Because um, Joel Simank will talk about relationship currency, mm-hmm. and he he will say to me. So Joel has spoken a lot of truth to me over over the years, and he will always. He usually starts it by saying, "I'm cashing in on some of my relationship currency," mm-hmm. and so I have I have 16, 17, six, 17, 17 years. Of, of conversations and, uh, and of doing life with, with someone like Joel. And so that gives him the permission to say these things to me and speak truth to me. And so when, we're, when we welcome or when we invite people in to uh, following, like, experiencing Jesus with us, we're building that relationship currency because we're showing that we care about them. Like, we love them as people. And because we love them, We want them to know about Jesus.
0: Right. Oh, man, that's the thing, you know, when it turns into this, uh, oh, you just need to conform and and believe what I believe, you know, like that's not out of love. But if it's it all when it comes back to the gospel and kind of what we were saying earlier of if we really believe in, you know, first of all, if we really believe in the reality of, you know, a uh, that there's you know that we are lost uh, that people are are lost in in their sin and uh apart from a relationship with jesus and yet there's this been redeeming loving act that's been done and you love someone Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh i want to share that with you because i love you so much and that's the you know that's what it's flowing out of and that's when evangelism is most effective. It's not when we're, uh, cold calling and the, when there's no relationship there. Yeah. Um, but, but it's when, when that relationship with it, when you're building that relationship, it just, uh, creates whole new opportunities. And so I, you know, I think for, for us, uh, for the people listening, you know, I'm sure each one of us can think of someone who in our life right now that, uh, isn't in a relationship with Jesus or maybe is in kind of a, you know, maybe fringe kind of area. And maybe has been wrestling with how to, how do I share that with him? I can think of uh, someone specifically and, you know, maybe the challenge is, okay, you know, God, I, I, you know, continue to be praying, give me, you know, when those opportunities arise to speak, give me the, give me the words, let the spirit, you know, uh, (laughs) take my words and do so much more uh, with it. But, Instead of what can I say, what can I do that would show them Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because that's so much less threatening. Like, you know, you're not going to like do this amazing uh, or this, you know, super radical act of service for someone and they're like, oh my gosh, quit being like Jesus to me. <laughs> who do you think you who, are? Who do you think you are, right? <laughs> like, like that's uh, that's so much less Uh, threatening so you know even for myself right now i'm just thinking okay that's a lot less threatening and there's a lot of different ways you can do that um you know especially if the person's uh going through a hard time Mm -hmm. how can i be there for them in a deeper way than just the standard you know cultural level or something like that
1: yeah and i think it's being like we don't we don't set out to only grow other people's faith without growing our own, mm. and so I think there's a, a part of growth that can happen on our end too, when we when we pray that prayer of yeah. of God show me like a, a couple of things show me eyes for people who need to see you, um, but also place me in the conversations that I need to be placed in. Um, and give me the words to say so that in certain name here can know you better. Yeah. And then just stepping back and and seeing how how God works in that and how God not only um will will bring these these conversations to be but how God works on your heart in in the midst of it. Uh, because I have found more often than not that there are times when I'll be talking to students because my life revolves around teenagers forever and always. Um, I tried to tell a student once that my life didn't revolve around them. And then they laughed and said, we both know that's not true. <laughs> At least they know. <laughs> At least they know. know. They know how that works. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to be honest with you. I, I have no idea how I was going to finish that sentence. That's okay. I, I got there and then I couldn't I remember. It. Yeah. It's well, just going to end I was, there.
0: You know what I was going to say was, uh, whether you're <laughs> intending to or not, you convicted me. Okay. I'm sure that's what you're intending. That's what you usually tr- I, try to do on this podcast. Yes. That's um, my goal in life. Your goal is to convict Daniel. Yep. Um, <laughs> Dan,
1: the musical fountain man.
0: <laughs> Dan, the musical fountain man. Um, but what I was thinking was, a lot of times, I think our reluctance to share Jesus comes down to a pride issue yeah. of I don't want to be seen as weird as, you know, what are they gonna think of me? Um, and and you know, you start to peel back the layers and I see that in myself a lot of uh, it's a fear of of my own identity. And that's, you know, we talk a lot here at Woodbury Lutheran Church of this disciple life. And uh, the first part of that is discovering our identity in Jesus. And when our identity is in Jesus, now suddenly, you know, sharing, having a conversation conversation with someone, um, being Jesus uh, to someone, that's not, uh, it's not a threat on your identity. In fact, it's an outflow of your identity, right? Yeah. Um, and so maybe the more our identity is found in Jesus, the easier it is. In fact, I'm not even gonna say maybe. I'm just gonna say definitively. <laughs> uh, the more our identity is in Jesus, the more it just is going to naturally outflow. If our identity is in ourselves and um, you know our status in this world, as it so often does, mm-hmm. then yeah, evangelism's is terrifying yeah. because it's unpopular. Um, it, there's a risk of what are they going to think of me? What if they don't, you know, what if it doesn't work right away mm-hmm. or whatnot? Um, and, the, and you know, what we do is even if they do come to the, f- the faith and believe, we turn that into our own accomplishment instead of saying, praise God for how he's using me, a, just a mere servant mm-hmm. to bring this person to the faith. We turn it into our own personal accomplishments. And so it's really that shift off of ourselves and and putting our identity grounded in Jesus, that unshaken identity, and then it frees us, mm-hmm. you know? It frees us to go out and, um, yeah, someone might think I'm weird for sharing Jesus with him, but does that mean I shouldn't share Jesus with him? Because I think we're dealing with eternal, like, life like are we gonna at the end of our life be like man i'm so glad i didn't share jesus with them cuz can you imagine what what would have happened to my Everything. my uh, my yeah. identity what they might have thought of me i right? am just so thankful for that no like <laughs> it's it's uh it really you know and this i think about we so often just think this life like even though as christians we know yeah there's we're going to go to heaven uh be be with jesus someday uh we so often get caught up in just this life and this being kind of it, but this is just a, a sliver of the life to come and we're here for a moment. And so how can we live like that? Yeah. You know?
1: I so. think it's important too to acknowledge that we're both church workers. Yes. Uh, our our day-to-day revolves around being around other church workers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to, to say that even though we're church workers, that this is something we are still intentional about. Yeah. That we aren't just, and I really respect this about the the staff of Woodbury Lutheran, that it's not just about uh, talking the talk, but it's also about walking the walk. I yeah. think that's talking. Yeah. That's the right combination of those words. You did it right. Yeah. yeah. Was okay, nice. great. Good. Uh, but it's, it's us too. Like Pastor Tom always encourages us to be thinking of, okay, who's that person that you're talking to? Who's the person that you're inviting into a Bible study? Who's that that person that you're connecting with? Um, and so it's not like I don't want people to think that we're just here telling them what to do and because we've yeah. got it all figured out because that's definitely not true. Yeah,
0: it's not true.
1: I my life is generally a heated mess. So Heated. Heated. Not a cold mess. Not a hot mess. Heated. Heated. Yeah. Okay. It's a Brooklyn nine nine friend. Uh <laughs> like a 97 situation. Okay. Nice. Slightly below body temperature. Fair. Yeah. Okay. So it's not feverish. Right. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Uh Anyway, uh yeah, I think like we're doing this too, and it's not just us, and it's not like you guys standing up on a Sunday morning and and preaching um preaching it, but you don't follow it up with with how you actually live your lives and so, yeah, um I think it's important for people to realize that we too are trying to have eyes for the people in our world that that need to hear about Jesus yeah. um, or maybe need to hear about Jesus
0: more, right so yeah you know it's not just uh the atheist you know it's in fact i would say most of the time the people we're interacting the people we're interacting with i'm having a really hard time with that word interacting
1: that's fine words are uh, hard
0: people we are interacting with are people who have had negative experiences with the church yes and maybe go occasionally or don't go at all anymore yeah um and that's really important to realize that, that you're not, for most people, you're not starting, uh, you're not talking to an atheist, but most people you are encountering are wounded theists. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they believe in a God, but they've been hurt, whether by uh, people, life circumstances, maybe even hurt by God, you know, and in, in they're just, you know, feeling betrayed or something like that. Yeah. Um, And so just walking with people in that, um, and, and being, being okay that this isn't, uh, this isn't, uh, like atheist versus Christian argument or anything, but instead, uh, you know, it's okay if it's okay if you're hurting and whatnot, um, I'm here for you, you know, I'm going to walk with you and, um, and kind of taking a little bit more of that approach.
1: Yeah, I think so. And am I allowed to challenge the listeners?
0: Am am I included in this challenge? Probably. Okay, I'll I'll take it as well. I like challenges. Great. Yeah.
1: Uh, Whenever I write lessons for youth ministry, I always try to end with like an action next step piece because that makes sense to me. I don't know. I think I learned that somehow. Uh, Anyway, I think the challenge for us over the next week is... Um, to to pray a version of that prayer that we were talking about mm. earlier of of saying some version of God place me in the conversations that I need to be placed in, and, and give me the words to say, uh, but then also add to that of um, and make sure I get out of the way, mm. like yeah, um, and and just be okay with. And be excited for how God works in that. And maybe it's a thing where you commit to every day you're praying that prayer of mm-hmm. God place people in my my life, give me the words to say yeah. and remind me to get out of the way and, yeah. and have that be the challenge for the week. Um, Because like you said before, we're not going to regret it. Like, it's not like we're going right. to be like, shoot, I wish I wouldn't have had that conversation right. with that person who was hurting, but didn't know how to verbalize it. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So pray the prayer and see how how God works in it because we should talk about Jesus. That's that's our thing. We should right. go out and and make disciples of all nations yeah. and all of that. So right. pray the prayer and see how God works.
0: And and see how he works, you know, not only in the person you're talking to, but it's amazing what he'll do in you as well. Oh yeah. Of when you take that, you know, it's a step of faith, it's step into fear. You know, we talked a couple of weeks back about taking risks. Yep. When we take a risk, uh, God does so much more, not just on the outside, but he works inside of us as well and he builds trust yep. in him and you'll be amazed. You have, you have the spirit of the living God inside of you, Yes. you know, it's like, let's, let's live with a little confidence in the spirit of God, you know, (laughs) like let's, let's believe in in that God is inside of us and working and going to work through us. And so, yeah, I love that. Love that prayer. Uh, Great conversations, Sarah. And I hope you as the listener were encouraged, uh, challenged as Sarah loves to do. she, Nothing like a good old challenge. I like to challenge people. Yeah, we're going to check back with each one of you <laughs> and see if you did it. No, we're all about grace here. At I'll the cold call everyone. <laughs> yeah, Sarah's going to cold call you. We have all of your numbers. <laughs> uh, if you like today's episode, uh, let us know. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts uh, and leave us a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, you can also subscribe to the podcast. We release an episode every Monday morning at 5 a.m. I wonder who our first listeners are. 5 a.m.? Never Sarah Dibberin. It's never you. You're it's never up there. never me. Uh, but if you ever want to reach out to us personally, our contact info along with any other information Uh, from today's episode uh, will be in the show notes below. Uh, We've got all our social media stuff, the links and whatnot uh, there if you want to check out all the work Sarah does with social media. Uh, She does an awesome job. But I hope you are able to join us next week on the Disciples Mike podcast.